Welcome to the fifth episode of the second series of the Women in CX podcast, a series dedicated to real talk conversations between women and customer experience. Listen in as we share our career stories, relive the moments that shaped us and voice our opinions as loudly as we like about all manner of CX subjects. I'll be your host, Claire Musket, and in today's episode, we'll be hearing one woman's story about growing up in New Jersey with a single stockbroker mum, her views on putting yourself first in order to succeed, her meteoric rise to CX fame and her advice on female leadership. Let me introduce you to today's inspiring guest. She began her career in telecom sales with AT&T before breaking into digital marketing at Verizon and most recently heading up CX and employee engagement at Schindler Elevator Company. She's been super busy lately, co-authoring CX books, publishing as a Forbes contributor, being a finalist for CX Leader of the Year and managing to set up her new CX coaching biz, Doing CX Right. Please welcome to the show, CX sister, Stacey Sherman. Hey, Stacey. Hello. Good morning to me and afternoon to you. Yeah. Where are you joining me from today? I am in America in New Jersey. Ah, the view from across from Manhattan. <laughs> I, I know that place, Battery Park, I used to look at over at New Jersey. <laughs> oh, yes, it's a little foggy today, but um, but yes, it is a garden state. We get a little <laughs> bad rap sometimes, but it's uh, it's home. Uh, and, and how are things in America? It's a big election coming up for you, isn't it? In the next few days. It is. It <laughs> is. And I look forward to becoming back the United States because right now there's a lot of uh, ununited things happening, uh, including families. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, look, we, we vote. We do what yeah. we can control. Democracy. And <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and then focus on where we can make a difference. Yeah. No, and by the time this podcast comes out, well, I've found out the results. So yeah, I, I hope it's it's a good one for America. Yes. Anyway, so today, um, you and I have spoken before and I had one of the most amazing conversations with Stacey. And I'm going to ask you some questions today, listeners, so you can hear her incredible stories too. Um, we're going to talk a lot about female leadership and we're going to talk about our moms and the influence our moms have had on our lives mm. and on Stacey's life as she became a working mom. So I hope that's all good with you guys. So Stacey, should we just crack on then? <laughs> Absolutely. Just begin at the beginning. Tell me about little Stacey growing up. What was your family life like? And how did it bring so, you to this point? <laughs> yeah, wow, what a journey. Um, so I lived in a suburb, lived a very, uh, I figured, normal life. But when I look back, it may be not so normal. <laughs> um in that uh, my parents were divorced when I was very young. Mm -hmm. And I had a working mom who at the time, I didn't really realize how amazing she was in, in being a mom, but also working in a field that was not traditionally for women. Um, so she's an, uh, an options trader. She was on the American stock exchange and She was among the first uh, women there. And I remember being little, visiting her on the stock exchange and the men lifting her up in the air and and she's doing all the hand signals and it it was complete chaos. Um, And she's petite like me. So (laughs) you can imagine this powerful powerhouse in her. And that was my role model. Um, But again, I didn't understand it the way I do now. 
Mm, about her at least yeah yeah wow stock trader um and at that time so I'm guessing the 80s yeah yes 70s 80s um and and she was also and and still trades now but it's it's certainly different with um technology today um but also my grandmother was a certified accountant and so that was unusual then where there were mostly nurses and you know, more traditional jobs. So you could see how my mom ended up being who she is and yeah. the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. From the tree. Yeah, it's so similar to my experience. So um come from a strong line of very, very strong women, similar to you. Um, however, I don't look like I'm, my mum or her mum. I look like my <laughs> my dad's side of the family. But um, yeah, my grandmother was one of the first women to ever work in laboratories and was part of the team that developed the penicillin for the war effort. So I always say my grandma helped us win the war. And (laughs) definitely, yes, big contributor. Yeah, yeah. And my granddad was like so happy to for her to work as well, which was quite unusual in like the um, that time of of the world and after the Great Depression and stuff. And then I guess in my mum, she wanted more for her. So she brought my mum up to believe she could do anything. And my mum went to university, became one of the first educational psychologists and went on to lead her field in what she did. So yeah, 100% passes it down from generation to generation. And and how about your husband? How did he, he feel about you and your career? Has he been supportive to you? Extremely. Um, when I met him, uh, we actually went to high school and junior high school together, wow. but never, but never said hello. Oh, <laughs> it was it wasn't until we graduated college and came and and lived in an apartment complex mm-hmm. um, after college that we really met and spoke, and I believe that was what really attracted me to him was that I was really independent minded and oh is that your dog yes she's (laughs) quiet she's not helping it's okay it's okay I I took small collar off so she isn't jingling but she sat right next to me now (laughs) to carry on carry on your story (laughs) yes I forgot that little part um but yes so um but so I think that really was a, a big factor that um he I I believe that really was a a a piece a part was attractive and then for me having someone who would be really loyal and committed was something so important to me having grown up as an only child in my house with a, a father not in the house and my mother working um you know I had a lot of people caregivers come and go and so to me, that was conscious or unconscious. I wanted someone who I knew would just always be there. Mm. Mm. No, that's understandable. And, and what does he do? He works in a family business, um, which is a 60-year-old company. They distribute burlap bags, plastic bags, industrial supplies. Mm. But what's, what's more exciting <laughs> is that about 12, 15 years ago, he was doing home theater work, mm-hmm. installing TVs for people and plasma TVs and surround sound. And it turned from a hobby into a side business. Mm-hmm. And that's really his passion. So one okay. day when we don't have college bills to pay for, 
we will will that will make that happen to be his full time. Ah, uh, to be fellow entrepreneurs together. That sounds amazing. Now yes. I have to go back to your mum because she sounds yes. like one awesome lady. So tell me more of Stacy's mum's life lessons. What did she teach you? <laughs> yeah, so sounds similar to your upbringing, and that is that a couple things. One, women can do anything. Here they were in traditional you know, traditional male jobs. Mm -hmm. And that didn't stop her or your mom. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's very powerful. So having worked in corporate settings for over 20 years, Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to get a seat at the table, have a voice. um, And that's what I learned from her. So that's one thing professionally. Secondly is personally always being able to take care of myself. So even though I have a husband and and earlier in my life, I didn't, of course, but being able to um, be self-sufficient and, and my most favorite saying that we've spoken about is my mom taught me that, that you're the cupcake. I love this. You are the cupcake. Everybody else in your life are the sprinkles. You can't make someone else the cupcake. And and so when you're looking for a partner or you, you know, even a best friend, you can't put you can't make them the cupcake. They add, they enhance your life. Yeah, you're so right about that. And I think as a young woman, I just didn't know that. My whole life was about me not being the cupcake and trying to please everybody. And it wasn't until probably my thirties that I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> um, when you start, you know, being right with yourself first and foremost, different experiences, I think, come to you. And once you own that and own your own experience and just look after yourself before anyone else, you're able to look after others and work with others far better too. So that cupcake story will always bring you my mind and whenever I see you I always give you a little cupcake emoji <laughs> yes so now when others see that they'll know what that means we're yeah. not just hungry <laughs> yeah we do, we do love cupcakes too so, yes. so it must be quite a balancing act now so you've got college age kids um what's your daughter's aspirations I'm intrigued I've seen lots of photos of her on Instagram with you well what's she yeah. up to so she is uh, in the business school at University of Delaware, and I'm so proud of her because, well, one, she, she did choose the major herself, but, you know, I really hoped that she would go that path because I believe that a business degree, you could apply to anything in your life. Um, and the beautiful thing is she's very, very into community service. And so she's marrying that and, and, and giving and helping the world, but also you need money to do that. Mm-hmm. So, so she's marrying that and, and who knows where her destiny will go, but I'm so proud that she's going after her dreams and, and doing, doing something uh, very meaningful mm-hmm. and be able to afford that as well. Yeah, that sounds great. So I think it's it's something very true of the latest generation, even though they've been brought up probably with the most pressure, they're probably going to be the most stressed and with the most anxieties, you know, every generation yes. seems it seems to be getting harder. But what I am seeing is Generation Z 
growing up with a much stronger sense of purpose. The millennials kind of got it, but Generation Z like wanting to be able to, um, you know, earn money, but do it with a purpose and a soul and to bring to life things like social enterprises, not just profit-making businesses is brilliant. And I'm sure any daughter of yours is going to be highly successful, Stacey. So oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. But, but also I will say for all the, the guys out there listening mm-hmm. and, and, and boys, cause I have, well, he's, he's basically turned into a man now, <laughs> but <laughs> But, you know, I, I do reinforce for him and I think he's going to, I predict he will marry a working woman who has, you know, makes herself a cupcake mm-hmm. um, and, and that he can be the sprinkles and support whatever she bakes. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> that's, you need that. You need more of those men there out there too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as someone who's still single in my thirties. I just there aren't many men who are happy to take for a woman to take the lead or any of the guys who might be I guess more equal to me already got married and had kids <laughs> it happened yeah. earlier for them so so I think for a lot of women if we're working towards our careers uh, in our 20s we don't have that typical opportunity to meet somebody pair up and then go off together whereas I think guys it seems to be a little bit easier to pick a woman whichever kind of your preference is. But for me, it always was going to have to be somebody who was as strong as, if not stronger than me. And I'm yet to meet that man. So. <laughs> well, there's a lot of divorces. Nice yeah. yeah. Like, there's second. a lot of divorces. So you get round two. You get, get the better time. version. Yeah. When they've learned all their lessons, that would be amazing. But yeah, I'm putting it out to the universe. <laughs> yes. Yes. They're going to come with all their mistakes done. Yeah. Ready so, for me. Ready to be I'm my ready. sprinkles. Yeah. <laughs> sprinkles. Absolutely. Sprinkles. <laughs> oh, bless you. So I so I also know you've got so much going on right now because you're still the director of customer experience at Schindler and yes. you started your side business, which isn't really a side business anymore. It's your passion of yes. doing CX right. And I, I've seen you appearing everywhere. Like every time I look on LinkedIn. Stacey's been on a podcast or Stacey's published a book or Stacey's published a blog or she's been in Forbes. <laughs> I'm just really, really intrigued that kind of like your view on customer experience and, and where we're heading. I, I know you talk a lot about CX and EX from what I've been yes. seeing and reading. Where do you yes. think we're going on that one? I mean, I'm interested to just get your thoughts. <laughs> well, first of all, for those who are not even in the CX field, um, for, for all people listening to this, the number one thing I could say, and this is why I really believe that I'm more successful now than prior years, and that is when you do what you love, it, it the magic happens. Mm-hmm. It's not work. Yeah. So, right, and and you're a perfect case of that as well. So, so that's the first thing I tell I say is like for everybody, like figure out what you love. Because the amount of hours that we put into it, again, it doesn't feel like work. It's it's fun. And then you do more and you do better. Yeah. That's the difference. It's infectious, isn't it? When you're passionate about something. It, yeah. People want to be around you. <laughs> they want to listen it's to you. They want to be led by you yes. and, and walk alongside you. If you really love what you do, um, it's, it's yes. an easy leadership job. <laughs> 
Yes. And, and also when, and I think this also, you know, I did it wrong many years in, you know, in my youth and I, and age wisdom. And another thing that's different, which again, I feel, I feel we share in common is that when you do what you love and it's authentic, people follow because I'm not selling. No. I'm never, I'm never selling. I'm, I'm sharing what I know works and, and then people will choose to embrace it, follow it, talk to me. You know, it, 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 that's what it is. Forget all the rest of the fluff. That's people are selling, selling, selling. It's just a turnoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back to CX. Yeah, um, <laughs> we've definitely I, done the women bit haven't we but the NCX bit we probably have to just yes. touch on it slightly amongst bit. the sprinkles <laughs> yes yes so we'll add a little uh yes nuts or candy to this yeah um, so I love CX I fell into it I was always in marketing digital marketing and sales for my career is very consistent. I'm probably one of the few that I know of my friends who actually went to college and, and graduated with what they intend, like they do what they intended with a degree. Um, I, I, I know a lot of people just did, they didn't know. It's very hard to know at a young age what you want to do. So I was lucky um, to know that at an early age. And So sales and marketing, many, many years, different corporations, different size companies. And then about 2013, I was working at Verizon headquarters. And I remember my boss said to me, there's this CX thing. It's big. You need to own it now. And I said, well, but I have all this other stuff. And he said, well, and I'm like, I don't even know what CX is. What is CX? What is VOC? All these terms. What he said, I There's don't know. There's a lot of acronyms in CX. <laughs> yes, yes. Like any medical field, every field, right, has their acronyms. So the point of my story is that he didn't know. I didn't know. I figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also important. I had a boss, and, and, and I believe this for whether kids had bad teachers or tough bosses, he wouldn't help me when I needed it. His answer was go figure it out. And I didn't like him at the time. But now I look back and I say, you know what? Thank you. Because now when I'm in a situation and I don't know what something is, I figure it out. Mm. Um, and, and so realize there's blessings in people who are not good leaders mm. um, so that you can become a better one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yes. love goes a long way to teach you, or you learn by your own mistakes rather than someone telling you to avoid them. And when you learn from your own mistake, oh my god, it hurts, but you have learned it for sure. So I'm with you on that one as well. So much to agree yes. on today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure we could go over so many more stories. But anyway, so CX, um, I continued on in three different areas of CX. Um, and I'll just highlight the three quickly because each one can be an hour long, but it was customer experience within a channel. So e-commerce, how do you make people who go to a website, make it easy for them to buy online and, and accomplish their goal, online experience. Then I moved over to CX within new product development. So infusing the customer voice before products launch. Nice. And 
that's huge. Not enough companies do that. They they launch and hope it sticks. No, it doesn't work that way. Or there's the experience is a byproduct of a new proposition, not that the experiences you said was baked into the cupcake of <laughs> of the exactly. offer in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean CX design, so preaching to the choir here, sister. <laughs> yes, yes. It's so it's so intuitive, but but how you do it is really where a lot of conversation can happen. Mm. And then finally, where I am now at Schindler is that customer experience means a lot through employee engagement. Mm. We have over 60 sales offices just in America. We're in, we're in all different continents. But how you deliver customer excellence through the front line, mm. that's a whole nother approach um, in addition to getting customer feedback directly. Um, so there's a lot of different facets to it, but bottom line is that CX has a role in many different areas. And the reason why I stuck with it and I love it is because what we do is really driving more happiness and satisfaction as employees and customers if you really like peel the onion here, that's, that's what it's about. So this job is, is here to stay. Oh, lovely. And, and I do like what you said there about, especially employee experience, because I guess they are customer experience manifestation, right? Um, the customer experience lives through the service that people provide. It's one of the hardest things to get right. But when you've got a culture that engenders that naturally, it makes your proposition so much more powerful and I just have to say every time I see a Schindler on a lift I always think Stacey's <laughs> it, it is the funniest thing because I get in the past before I worked at Schindler and I never yeah. was in this industry before people would send me pictures of their pets and their kids now I get pictures I'm in an elevator one of your oh. elevators on a cruise or on a, not now cruise but <laughs> before COVID like yeah so funny i get all these elevator selfies pictures. Like, <laughs> yes <laughs> that's so cute oh bless you right so we run out of time unfortunately but i could absolutely talk to you all day and i'm sure we'll end up doing a podcast again in the future where we focus more on some more of those cx um, um topics that you just brought up there but if we could leave your parting words of advice for women in cx what would your top three takeaways be yeah they are uh some up in a one of my favorite books it's called The Four Agreements. And there's four agreements. I'm going to tell you, even though you only asked for three, but four maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll entice people to read the book. Extra and, value. Um, and we'll put, we'll put that, that blog article on the Women in CX website as well when your episode goes out. I, I loved reading it. So yeah. go for it, Stacey. You tell us oh, your four. <laughs> yes. So one is don't take things personally. Yep. Number one. Number two, be impeccable with your words. Um, people know when you're authentic, people know when you're speaking from your truth, and then they listen. Three, don't make assumptions. It is easy to, um, it is easy to assume and so often we get it wrong. So pick up the phone, communicate and communicate with your employees, with your customers, with your colleagues and your family. And then finally, do your best. And this one sounds interesting. You say, do your best. What does that mean? And the thing is, 
we often, especially as women, try to do more than 100%. Yeah. I, how many times I say, oh, I, I did 125% <laughs> today, but there's only 100%. So figure out, prioritize, do your best and manage your energy. And it's so hard right now. I know before we started this call, we were just discussing the fact that I'm still in my gym gear because I've been so busy today. I don't have time to get changed. And what are you wearing on your bottom half? Yes, yes. <laughs> I have a nice business attire on top and then I got my workout pants on bottom. And it that's that's what we do. We're wearing a lot of hats and we're on the go and we're just doing. And I have a feeling if we stop to think about how do you do it all, I don't know if um, we could, but... No. No, it just means you make a compromise in the way you turn up to a podcast or in your gym gear, which is fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. I'm good with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Keep doing. We can't just talk. We got to do. Yeah. Women of action. So um, yeah, I, I just curious about one tiny little thing. Yes. And it was when you say you're petite, I'm just trying to visualize you in like real life. How petite are you? Oh, I am five one. <laughs> <laughs> and um if I come across bigger in social media that's cool <laughs> I never ever would have thought my mom my mom's 5'1 and I never ever would have thought you were 5'1 I imagined you to be really tall <laughs> that's great because you know what there's um this is another podcast but this has been a bias you know growing up being petite yeah. um people make judgments and I feel like I had to work harder um looking young at at that age and being petite had to work extra hard so um good I'm glad I appear big (laughs) digital removes all that being small and perfectly formed is just fine too so um you're an absolute pocket rocket Stacey and you've got so much energy I just like to thank you so much for coming on the show for sharing your stories for telling me about your mom in the first place the cupcake will always be with me um, oh, and now it will be good. with the listeners too so you take care of yourself I really do hope thank things you. turn out well with the election and I'll catch up with you yeah. very soon wonderful thanks thank everyone you. take care bye Stacey thanks for listening to the women in CX podcast with me Claire Musket. If you enjoyed the show, please drop us a like, subscribe and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening or watching on. And if you want to know more, please join us at womenincx.community and follow the Women in CX page on LinkedIn. Join us again next week when I'll be talking to another inspiring woman in CX about applying consumer psychology to CX, big turning point moments in life, becoming the CEO of the CXPA and the importance of giving back to our community. See you all next week.